at no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered rational thought. Well, welcome to the show. Today is your host, Doug Crow, with the Author Brand Show. Be sure to subscribe below here. Interesting show notes and uh, some wealth building tips that are available to you here when we uh, when you're done with listening to the show. This is going to be a very unusual show. I'll tell you right off the bat. Um, our guest today is a retired Air Force officer, and you could just guess by his accent which Air Force he was in, and you might be wrong. Uh, he started his first company in 2005, focused on consulting employee skill development, program management, done this internationally. He has a love for education, helping people who help themselves become more successful. And as a business owner looking towards retirement, he started thinking about his hard assets. What can I do to, to fulfill my uh, you know financial needs here? And he's led to a development in residential real estate, which is another thing we have in common. Um, and as his portfolio continued to grow, he invests his most precious asset, his time, into teaching, coaching, and mentoring. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest today, Alex Meyerhofer. Alex, how are you today? Yeah, I'm great, Doug. Thank you for having me. Wow. Retired Air Force real estate investor. And uh, yeah, we'll have people just talk for a minute. I guess I'm the, I'm the, I get a little little uh, accent there. So maybe they think you're from the Belgian Air Force or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be that far off. I'm actually originally German Air Force, you know. Yeah, so you told me that you actually, um, if people guess the German Air Force, they'd only be half right. Is that right? True. Yeah, that's true in a way. Yeah, I, I'm not quite half of my you know, career was actually with the U.S. Air Force. Okay, great. So thank goodness it's not 1943 because you got a chance to be on both teams here in the in our yeah, first that's, that's, that's not a good memory. Don't go there. <laughs> hey, we got, got it's a long time ago. We got to laugh about it sooner or later. Um, no, no, I know, but as Germans, we have forever good, right? I'm, a, I'm sure it's yeah, it's got. Hey, listen, you know, people forget how we how America was born. You know, I mean, we we knocked off everybody who was living in America when we came here. So it's it's part of human history, man. It's all right. <laughs> um, but we want to talk about real estate today and your book. And if we can hold ourselves back talking about airplanes, we'll try. But it's unlikely since you told me you're. F-111 driver. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to hear all about that. Um, but listen, when people are going to tune into this, they're going to think about business, money, and authorship. So what are they going to get out of our conversation today? What like three bullet points could you give them that they're going to say, wow, this is going to be good. I'm going to stick around to hear Alex teach us this. Uh, well, I would say one of the things that's um, definitely important is that you don't need to be rich to start investing in real estate. I would say right. that's one of the important things and we can dive a little bit deeper in there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is it's really important to have, you can call it a vision or a goal so that you keep positive energy and remain motivated to actually go down on that journey, right? Like, and whatever the journey is, and we are probably gonna talk mainly about how can we create passive income to have basically a positive outcome and reach right. what I call the time freedom point. But it's right. true for pretty much every journey uh, to have right. that. And then the, the third component that I always say, and this is kind of maybe a bridge a little bit to my Air Force time, I, I was literally yeah. trained in it, but I found it is really a, a universal thing is to have discipline. Man, discipline, mindset, 
and passive income. What else do you need, boy? Okay, show's over. That's it. That's it. That's all we need to know. <laughs> Well, um, it's, 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 you know, when you can name it, that's one thing. When you have some idea on how to do it, that's another thing. Yeah. Which brings into my first question, Alex. It's so interesting because like you, I've gone through a lot of journeys in my life where things are going up and down. I'm not sure how many, how your downs were, but I know that were several points in my life, especially as I'm building a business, I'm like, I don't need any more mindset. Just tell me how to do it. And a business coach I hired, I mean, you're a consultant, you're a mentor yourself. You're like, if you don't have that really in your DNA, all the tactics in the world aren't going to help, in my opinion. But I'd like to hear your opinion on what you do when people hit that lull of, I don't need more mindset. Just tell me what to do. Do you? What do you, what do you tell them as a mentor? Well, the one thing is you want to have the right mindset, a growth mindset rather than a limited mindset, or I call it the victim mindset. And if people go to our website, ideawealthgrower.com, they would find actually a free mindset manual and a little video series, because I yeah. think too many people nowadays are actually living in a, in a state of mind that makes them believe and media and all that kind of stuff seems to enforce that that you are the victim of the circumstances, you're the victim of the environment, you're the victim of all kinds of things, it's just never really you, right? And if you really think about it, if you were to adopt a creator or creative mindset and say, I am creating the journey to my future, I am creating the steps necessary to realize my vision, I am going to achieve my goals because I am assuming responsibility, then the environment is there and it may influence a little bit left and right and what obstacles and opportunities you have and, and need to circumnavigate, but you are in charge. And I think that is a really important thing for people to adopt is how can I become in charge of my journey? And that's why I'm also always saying when it comes to real estate investing, you need to be the boss of your money. If you're in charge of your money, you can dictate to your money that it's supposed to work for you. I think if you'd ask people, if they're a victim, they say, no, I'm not a victim. But what they do and say and think has, you said, victim mentality, which I find mm -hmm. fascinating because when I was going through my lulls in my life, I didn't say victim, I don't think, but I was, I was acting like one. I was feeling like one. As a mentor and a coach, what signals do you pick up on when people are saying one thing but maybe feeling or something else? Well, one of the things, for example, when we're talking about real estate investing and you've been there yourself, you've maybe talked to a couple of people about that. And I asked them, for example, OK, you contacted me because you heard me on a podcast like the one here we're doing with Doug or other podcasts or you saw me on a video that we uh, published or stuff like that. And you got interested in this out of state turnkey residential real estate investing to generate passive income. And one of the questions is, what have you done so far? to get closer to that or onto that journey. And what I hear many, many, many times is, oh, not very much because, and then there is a litany of all kinds of reasons why not, and most of those are not really related to the person that contacted me, it's to all kinds of others. The banks, the job, the environment, I got sick, I, I'm my family, whatever it may be, all kinds of things. and. You might say they sound sometimes like excuses, and I would say, yeah, that's true. But when we go back to mindset, it's what people tell themselves. And I'm not claiming that I've always had the right mindset. It's a, an evolution that I had to go through. But 
people have a tendency to to basically tell themselves why it's not their own responsibility or not their own fault. And the more you do it, it's kind of like any anything that goes in the area of habits. And I know, Doug, that you know about habits. It's if you keep doing something over and over and over. Most people say, how long does it take to form a habit? And you would hear anything between one month and two months if you do it every day. Well, think about how many people are out there who say, I can't be a successful investor because, and then they have reasons and they have been saying this to themselves and their family and anybody else who asks for years. So it becomes a habit in that context of mindset to say, it's not me, it's everything around me that makes my situation the way it is. And right. I'm saying, yeah. well, you got to get out of that. You know? Yeah, it's the habit of the stories you're telling yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what your experience was, but when I got started as a real estate investor years ago, I was young, I was naive to just do what I was taught, right? I did, I got, and I, I was in the no money down stuff, right? Where you borrow money to buy the property. And I'm like, all right, I'll do a lease option. Bought a property at a lease option. I bought a office building under a lease option and I had the, the seller finance part of the lease. I mean, it was, it was crazy, but it was a, it's more like when I tell people, you don't have a money problem, you have a creativity problem. You need to be more creative and find out what's going on with the, the deal, the person or not to create something that's a value to both parties. But enough about me. I want to talk more about you. When I and I think discipline has got to be pretty big in all this stuff. I'm going to guess you earned that in the military or before? Yeah, and you earn it in the military um, because, I mean, that was one of the fundamental questions, especially people who weren't experts in military aviation. You know, I, I was lucky enough to be sent to a lot of air shows and you meet people who are fascinated about it but not and, and have maybe dreamt about it and stuff like that and for whatever reason couldn't do it. And one of the recurring questions at those opportunities was, if there is no conflict that you're involved with, what are you doing every day, every week, every month, every year? And the initial answer for anybody, and you would say this for your flying experience as well, it's not just that you're flying constantly from A to B, or if you're in the military to drop a bump or shoot a missile or shoot somebody down. Yeah. To be able to do that, the more complex a system is, the more training it requires to actually really be good at it and have a high likelihood of success. And when it comes to life and death, you really want to have an extremely high likelihood of success, right? That's just That's for self-preservation. So what do memory. we do? Yeah, yeah, right. But the point is, so what does it mean in this context? At an air show, you would say, when I have always said, well, if you just crawl and look into this cockpit, like an F-111 or before that yeah. I flew a GR-1 tornado. If you look into the cockpit, you see the, the myriad of dials yeah. and buttons and, and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, you just imagine and compare that to your car. You need yeah. to basically, with your eyes closed, be able to, to do everything yeah. and keep yeah. the plane in the air, right? Yeah. And right. so... <laughs> and so uh, that's why I can't pull off joking. the road very easily in an airplane. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, right. But, you know, I'm also joking, you know, that when people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I always wanted to fly for the Air Force, uh, for, for the airlines. And I said, well, that, those are takeoff and landing officers. The real flying is like what you do, Doug, or what I have done in, in, in the military. But the point is, yeah. so the discipline in that context was 
you in my career i was lucky enough to fly two different kinds of planes of uh, yeah. different complexities and stuff like that but they required constant training also because they have this awesome array of capabilities yeah and this is immediately translatable to what we're talking about with real estate investing yeah you mentioned it a little bit and i'm running in this in the early stages when somebody contacts me is okay uh, yeah, I, I know I can buy a single family, but maybe I should also get a fourplex. And how about a little bit of apartment? And then there are storage yeah. units. I heard that's cool. And then there are mobile home parts that it's the guy good. at Bigger yeah. Pockets actually mentioned that he could do this. And then I hear that there is a huge potential in malls. And I always like if I let him get that far, I say, okay, this is all cool. And it tells me that you listen. Yeah. But this is basically like you telling me I want to start six different jobs. Yeah. And so for me, the similar similarity when it comes to discipline is you want to first start, and I mentioned this as part of those things that, that need to be addressed, is what's your vision and your goal? Yeah. And then I can talk to you and we can discuss, can I, with my expertise that is relatively narrow, but really deep versus this like two millimeters yes. thick and mm -hmm. like a hundred miles wide, you yep. need the depth. And if what I can give you, what I can help you with meets and is a good solution to achieve your goals and your vision, then we have a good pairing and we can right. work together. But if you tell me, and this is, has no judgment in it, if somebody yeah. says, I'm really fascinated in apartment complexes and 10X and all that kind of stuff, I yeah. would so say, go to the guy that is very yeah. famous, you know, and, and do that. Or if you mm -hmm. want to do storage units, I have friends who do that. I can yeah. hook you up, but it wouldn't be me. And it's not because I don't understand it, but I don't have the depth. And if you really want somebody who can help you do it in a safe and most likely successful way, yeah. it's like we yeah. said earlier with the flying, you better yeah. want to survive, right? So you better learn your stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. And the same thing is true in investing to some extent, right? There sure. are so many stories who people did well when we have a market, whether it's real estate or stock market, yeah. like we have right now or the last yeah. few years, it's when little, everything only goes it's a little up. Easier. It's easier. A little easier right? to make money when things are going up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But see, when my myself and my, and my clients ultimately have to go, and we all know we will have to go through some form of a recession or a reset. Yeah. Got to. And I give you a good example of the pandemic. I can't even tell you how many people contacted me and said, How are your rentals doing? And I said, They did the same like before. We have good tenants and these good tenants keep paying the rent and we're making the same cash flow. I had like literally the same percentage um, in, in rental income and cash flow wow. during the pandemic as before and as after. Good for right? you. But the point is the discipline of saying if the tenant doesn't meet the criteria that I gave to property management, yeah. you can't become my tenant. If you waver on your criteria, which is lack of discipline, you yeah. Those cases where you're craving that the eviction moratorium is lifted. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. You know, it's funny. I, I when I talked about my houses and apartment building, obviously, I didn't do this all at the same time. I'm no, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just yeah, saying. I you know, with I houses. Yeah, yeah. And worked my way up over 20 years. But one thing I did do is I, as I looked at all those different things, and I was focusing on the on the seller. If I, you know, the, the property is almost inconsequential to me. I had to have a value add. I could do it so I made money when I bought it, not when I sold it. I realized extra when I sold, but I wanted to make sure the the value is there the day I closed. There's I could if something happened, I could I could dump it 
and still make money. But I really focus on the on the person more than the property. That person came first, in my in my opinion. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And it also, I mean, even if you say, okay, let's talk about residential real estate instead of necessarily going into other areas. And to be able to mentor and, and coach somebody, you need to at least have a cursory understanding right. of all the other areas, even though there's one that you focus on. But the other part about it is in the in the system, this out of state turnkey residential real estate investing strategy that we are suggesting and that I'm basically helping people with the point the main focus is on cash flow. Yeah. Right. So when you say, okay, I make the money at the beginning at the purchase of the deal, mm -hmm. I like that too. And I always advise that we should look for that. But yeah. when the when the main focus is on cash flow, it really comes to the overall performance of the property. Right. And when you're buying when, and holding, for sure. Yeah. I I, I did some right. rehabs, but on the, on the holds, yeah, it's got to make money, of course. Yeah. Well, and, and it should make money right from the get go. But the yeah. overall arch when you go and, you know, to what I'm preaching is basically, I want to know what is your time freedom point number. And what that means is yes. some point in the calendar on the calendar in the future, yeah. how much money will have to come in from your investments as passive income so mm -hmm. that it covers everything that you need to live plus whatever joyful thing you want to do, whether you want mm -hmm. to travel or play music or go in the garden or whatever it might be, go swimming, surfing, you name it, whatever that costs plus your living expenses, that should basically be the number. So that becomes your time right. feeding point number. Right. And then we want to say, okay, what's the journey in investments yeah. that we need to make to reach mm -hmm. that number? And yeah. then life begins. That's actually the most important message is yeah. life is not accomplished when you reach that point on the calendar where that right. number is reached. Then it begins because as you know, and I know, when you really do the math, the yeah. day or the month when that number is reached is the day from which it only gets better because more yeah. and more properties get paid off over the right. years you can adjust the rent upwards so if you say my number just to make it tangible for the audience right if we say mm -hmm. the number is forty five hundred dollars a month yeah. there is a journey that has varying length depending mm -hmm. on the number of investments and how the market is going and where you start and so forth to get to that yeah. forty five hundred number but yeah. it will never, ever in the future after that point, that time freedom point, will ever be less than that. And that's important for people to understand. And that should be, yeah. if nothing else, be the motivation to say, yeah, I know this number. And yes, even if it takes me seven, eight, nine years to get there, then the number will probably have to be adjusted a little bit. When it's right. 4,500 today, it might be 5,500 in eight years from yeah, now. Yeah, you got to think how old you are and all that too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, when you reach that number, that accomplishes that goal of covering your expenses and your, yeah. your joyful experiences, from then on, it's only going to get better. And in the process, without necessarily even having to think much about it, you build a legacy because whatever you created in, in yeah. assets and value assets, you can give that to your kids, they can give that to their kids, and they will all have that number as at least as the minimum as their starting point. Yes. So just imagine, Doug, if you had gotten out of high school and your parents would have said, hey, Doc, here is 5,500 yeah. a month, just like that. Yeah. Now, that's also, by the way, a reason as a little joke on the side why most <laughs> of these um, these uh, portfolios only last for three generations. Right? Yep. The first generation right. makes it, the second generation spends it, and the third generation is bankrupt. Right. But yeah. I hope that uh, people understand there is a goal that you set that needs to be really motivating that allows you right. to live the life without having to exchange time for money. And because you did it the right way, 
for example, with this approach that I'm preaching, yeah. you will have a better life, your family will have a better life, and yeah. anybody after that will have a way better life because you did put the work in, right? And so that yeah. I find, for me, it's always invigorating, even though I'm basically just the, the guide, the kind of like on yeah. the journey. And, yeah. and I, I can say, you know, one of the important things for me, and I'm sure this is another bridge to aviation, you can talk about it all day long, but it's a different thing when you've actually done it yourself. And that's what I always Huge try difference. myself. You know, I, I tell people, mm -hmm. I can't tell you about storage investing. I can't right, tell you right. about Jayla Parks. I can tell you about this approach because mm -hmm. I am doing it and have been doing it the last eight years myself. Yeah. And I can one show the, you the properties yeah. and how they perform and all of that. Yeah. One of the reasons I did do houses, apartment buildings, condo, condo conversion and office buildings was because I was teaching real estate investing at the time and right. I had a radio show in Chicago. And I told my students, I said, I don't teach anything I haven't done. Right. So somebody asked me a storage question or my, my one that I still don't understand is industrial parks, right? I had some friends in my, in my circle who are big into industrial parks and development. I'm like way over my, not to skill set, but like, I get so nervous when I have one tenant paying like 80,000 a month. I'm like, oh my God, how do you, <laughs> that's be a bad vacancy day, right? Um, are you mainly single family homes? Is that what you, you target right now on residential or what? Well, it's not only single family, even though that's mm -hmm. the majority, but it's what I always say, the FHA rule book. So basically yeah. single, dual, triplex, fourplex. Yeah. And for those listeners yeah, and viewers who don't know, as soon as you go to five units or five yeah, doors, the yeah, whole rule book changes. So anything between like a single family home up to a fourplex uh, is what we're doing. Got it. And you you focusing on buying and holding for yourself? Is that your strategy, main strategy? Yeah, exactly. Or? Because like I said, when I first started, uh, the, the whole motivation without having a website or any of the stuff that we talked about so far, my personal motivation was I started a business and I did I knew from day one, I didn't want to work forever. So I had to come up with some idea of what can I do to be able to retire? Because when we say a business, I, I like people to uh, make a distinction, especially for those who are business owners or consider to become business owners. Yeah. Is it a company or is it a practice? If it's a company, right, then you can ultimately develop systems and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. it becomes something that can be sold and that could be your retirement. Right. If you say I build a, a company and I sell it for five million, well, then you have five yeah. million. That's your retirement. Right. You can do it right. Yeah. yeah. If it's like in my case, I am a consultant, uh, advisor, yeah. mentor, yeah. coach. It's basically me. Even yeah. though I have a team, I have a whole bunch of people working for me and with me. But when it comes to why does a client hire me, and that's an individual person for investing or some company who wants my advice in the pharmaceutical industry where I'm mainly working. They hire me for my expertise, not my team. And so if yeah. I step out, I can't sell it, right? So yeah, that's, that's true for ninety percent of businesses out there. I know they all, and even even Tony Robbins is going to have a real hard time when he wants to retire, as all his branding is about him. Yeah, You've exactly. Got and, and, ideal yeah. wealth grower. You know, if you put more sips than that, you can. Yeah, you can. You know, sell that off if you choose to. Of course. Yeah. Right. That's true. But I mean, Tony. You know, the IP is basically him. 
and and even though I'm like a little ant in comparison to him as like a dinosaur or, or maybe yeah dinosaur is he's getting there at least or maybe an elephant I don't know what the right uh, comparison is but for me as the little ant in comparison it's the same thing we both have a practice right and as soon as he or I step out of the practice there is basically the majority of the value yeah. and it's not that we don't have systems but the perception is well if you're not long, longer there you won't get any new business you might it's be able brand, to finish yeah. it, you know so but that's an important distinction to say am i building a company or am i building a practice and for me when i realized okay i'm i have a practice then i needed to come up with something else on yeah. what am i going to do if i ever want to retire and that's you know you have to keep in mind i started the company in 2005 so that was two yeah. years removed from the biggest crash uh, you know that dot com bust yeah. Yeah. in the stock market so stocks were basically out for that reason and then the question became okay if it can't be stocks what else could i do and that's where real estate came in from besides yeah, the fact that when you're in the air force you get moved around every two years so you have kind of a little bit unintended yeah, hard to be a real estate investor when you're moving from base to base all right. Well, so but, yeah, that's yeah. true. But you you basically get familiar with okay, what am I looking for if I need to rent a place or live in a place? Because as a as an officer with a certain rank level, you're not getting base housing. You're not living in yeah. the in the you know in the quarters or stuff like that. So yeah. for us, everywhere we were sent, we had to basically figure out what is our housing situation. And you deal with real estate agents and financing, and sometimes you buy it, sometimes you rent it. So I guess I wouldn't call it an unfair advantage, but it was a pretty logical thing. If it's not stocks, then what else? And what do I know anything about? Yeah, so, yeah where you move around. So, okay, so um, big shift for a quick second now. Um, you flew tornadoes and F-111. So I want to hear any scary pucker stories. You got anything where it's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, one is I, I was an instructor, so yeah. it wasn't me so much than the students oftentimes. And I can make an arch to, to combine that when yeah. we said, okay, this will be the first mission at night with the terrain following autopilot system fully engaged. And which, which and aircraft the, was it? The tornado? Tornado. Yeah. I mean, both, both aircraft have it, but the yeah. tornado has the more advanced because it was okay. created in the 1980s versus the F-111 in the 60s. Yeah. But what that really meant is you're basically skimming the earth with an autopilot engaged at 200 feet above the ground. At what speed? In the two, at, at about 480 knots or something like that. So which is like almost 600 miles an hour. Just people. Go five yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 10 miles a minute, somewhere close yeah. to that. You know, it's so fast, just, right? yeah, it's very fast and it's very dark and it's very scary. <laughs> so, and, and which which terrain are we talking about here where this this event you're going to share with us? Where were you? Uh, New Mexico. OK, got it. So it, it, it has mountains it has flat areas it yeah. has everything. Yeah. And so when you said, OK, where is the quote unquote Paca story is before you go and do this at night where you really don't see anything, especially in New Mexico, because it's like really pitch dark and you have, on the yeah. other hand, beautiful night sky, but you know, scary. But you train that first during the daylight, right? So you can at least orient yourself. And yeah. so we were out there doing that and um, we accepted the plane. Anybody who has done flying knows there's always a book that has all the maintenance records of every plane. So you go sure. to the plane, you look at what did they do looked at everything looked fine went out on the mission we are out there somewhere in the boonies and uh, mm -hmm. get a warning light that says um you have low oil pressure on your left engine okay 
And so the procedure is go away from the ground and figure out what's going on. And we find out that's not really oil pressure. That was what the student reported was actually generator. Okay. So the procedure is, well, if the generator quits, you shut down that engine or that generator, and then you go home. Well, we and, didn't. And the generator the generator's running. What is the generator running on this aircraft? Everything. Everything? Wire by wire, it's everything. Yeah. The instruments. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Well, there is a battery, but the battery is only good for like a few minutes. So yeah. the thing yeah. is the plane has two engines and therefore also two generators. Yeah. And the interesting thing is the way they're actually running is if you imagine you have um, your alternator in your car, right? Yeah. So it's basically yeah. running off the engines. Mm -hmm. But when you have two, they need to be synchronized because there's an interesting little fact to know a, a generator produces energy um, when it goes in one direction an electric uh, in electrical system yeah. if you run it the other way it becomes an electric motor okay right so when you have two they need to be synchronized and they better turn in the same direction if one of them turns in the other direction then they basically start fighting each other and to avoid that you wow. have a little unit in the middle that always checks are they running yeah. in the same yeah. way and are they about running at the same speed so we get this generator light, we go through the checklist procedure, turn off the generator, you still have the other one, that's actually no problem. Yep. Until while we're climbing, the other generator light comes on. You say, okay, holy shit is one of those, you know, okay, I turned one off, the other one is just telling me that it's not very healthy and the whole plane is flying by electricity, basically. Yeah. So what do you do now? You go to the checklist and it says, well, you better orient yourself to an ejection area. Now that's assuming that you basically lose both and that little bit right. of battery that I mentioned is basically just getting you to a safe space. Yeah. But we really, the student was completely out of it at that point. <laughs> And well, I didn't why, like, I what, didn't was this, like, what was his, what was his experience level in the aircraft? Uh, like, you mean, or for the student was probably like six months into training on that type oh, of aircraft. Now okay, it, right. all pilot training behind, because yeah. when you type train, you have some experience, but still pretty early, very unfamiliar with all this stuff. And I decided, okay, well, let's first do a little analysis. Now I, I, we didn't talk about it, but one of the things I was actually on the test team for that aircraft for three years. So wow. I knew most of the bits and bytes by their first name, which is kind of yeah. unusual. Yeah. And so I said, that is just, just makes no sense. And two yeah. generators is such, it's like, yeah, it's a, like one in a million, right? That's a pretty rare. Yeah. Win and a lottery win at the same time, right? Like, yeah, oh, right, right. that mm -hmm. happened. So what we ended up doing is I told him, okay, switch the left generator back on and switch the right one off. And yeah. the left one, you could actually hear a little whining sound and it came back on, the engines were still running and the light stayed out. I thought, oh, okay, maybe it was just an intermittent thing. And then like three minutes later, the light comes back on. And so I basically said to him, okay, you got to tell me because uh, you're the pilot. I was in, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. in the back seat. Said, okay, you, we have to make a decision. You want to jump out or you want to see if we can nurse this thing home? Yeah. And he said, man, I can't, I, no, I've never really, I can't, we can't, you know, I've been mean, ejecting. It's just not on my agenda. Okay. Hold on one second. This was the, uh, I'm sorry, this is a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. People understand that he, you, this is not side by side. Like they've seen like pilot and co-pilot in a commercial aircraft. You're behind him. Right. He's up front. Right. Right, it's a exactly. big difference but, but the good thing is i mean because it's a training plane you have all the you know you can fly yeah, it from dual, the back yeah. and stuff like that yeah, okay um 
Well, so we decided. He doesn't want to join the the caterpillar. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very important point. So we declared an emergency. We were about 15 minutes away from from the base, Um, and we said, "Okay, we're going to try to bring this thing home." But base, military base, be aware, this could be like a pretty much short-term ejection kind of situation if we can't Mm -hmm. keep power, right? And so we basically, I trained him to every two or three minutes, switch one generator off, switch the other one on, switch one off and switch the other one. We basically made it. I had to land from the back of that case because he was totally freaked out. (laughs) But we made it and uh, that was the fucker part about it basically. And um, we celebrated actually a little bit later, we celebrated a second birthday for him because he felt that I saved his life or something. Um, and what actually just to, to yeah, say what happened what there is this little control unit in between those two generators, what had happened is the maintenance guys without writing it into that book that I mentioned earlier on, yeah, had failed to mention that something that normally is never allowed is they change both generators. And then they didn't recalibrate that little unit because when you have two things changed, then you need to run a recalibration to make sure how yeah. are they actually synchronizing. So they were messing each other up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we were flying for a while and they were just barely within specifications. And then one, for whatever reason, just barely went out and then they started fighting each other, right? And so for me there, or for all of us, it was the the lucky part about it was that I really understood that system very well and the likelihood that this could be a true mechanical error on both sides simultaneously within like five minutes is so unlikely. So the funny thing was I got uh, um, a commendation with a little bit of money associated for bringing a $65 million well, yeah, plane yeah. back. You saved the government a few But months, I yeah. also, this is the uh, semi-funny part of it, in yeah. aviation, at least in military aviation, when you do something wrong, they call it becoming a civilian, you know, so you have to walk instead of fly. So for one week, and what, you know why? Because... Normally, we try to train people to say, if the checklist says you go to this and you eject and throw the thing away, then that's what we expect you to do. And so I violated procedure by not throwing the thing away. They gave me money for saving it, but they also said, as your punishment, you have to walk for a week. So couldn't fly for a week, but that was appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure sure the... uh... The uh, the people up the chain that and the budget appreciate it, you know. Uh, well, you know, and when you're in a training unit, yeah, you don't want to promote that somebody starts questioning the checklist. Now, oh, what was actually a thing that I thought was quite nice, even though I had to walk for a week, which I didn't appreciate, yeah. is that I was asked to basically go through and work with the people who write checklists to say what additional steps can we take to analyze if this is a likely failure of both sides or if this is what I happened, right? So it ended up being a little addition in the checklist that you were supposed to go through that test and see, do they just come back on? And if they come back on two or three times in a row, it's not a prescribed procedure, but you have that option. We basically invented that, so to speak, in in the moment and... Yeah, and it was pretty scary when we did it, but it's a good story now. It's a great story. Uh, my, mine is certainly n- not as heroic as that, but it felt that way when I <laughs> I, I had a rented uh, Cherokee Six. I took my kids to camp, and uh, you know the you know it, the most dangerous part of flying is taking off and landing, right? So 
I rented this plane, so I was familiar with it. I've flown it once before. I'm like, okay, it's a Piper. You know, it's like it likes it looks like your car on the inside, not like an F-111 um, or, or or a tornado. But I uh, so I drop the kids off. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go as I'm taking off at about 300 feet, not 500 feet, about 300 feet. I hear <laughs> the engine starts to quit on me. And you know, you cannot just so you understand, people, you are not allowed to turn at 300 feet up because you're gonna it's the plane those the wings stop working and you go down. So I'm like, oh. and by the time my eyes got to the fuel selector switch, my hand had already twisted it to the other tank. Muscle memory and training. So you. your point, your point about being deep and narrow and and like i learned in real estate to practice making offers people are so afraid to start let's go out and practice i made offers before i even knew what i was doing just to practice it you know it's not you know cancel the contract and they say yes <laughs> i just practice things but practicing your skills increases them right i mean that's, that's the yeah, absolutely and i mean there's actually a, a nice little add-on in it's not for my benefit it's mainly yeah. for for your audience and i'm actually yeah. using myself now in in the yeah. coaching and mentoring there is a new of offering called lofty ai mm -hmm. and what they do is basically they purchase properties like the ones that you and i would buy for ourselves yeah for somebody who says i'm afraid i don't know how do i analyze how do i do all of this ah, without yeah, okay. risking a lot of money lofty AI gives you an option to buy like a token this company, oh yeah nice you, know, you, you buy a token for 50 dollars to be a partial owner of a three-bedroom, two-bath house in Memphis. Wonderful. But when it goes to, and this is what I'm actually now doing in, in the training part of, of the yeah. mentoring and coaching is to say, okay, so let's take the anxiety level of committing a huge amount of money that you probably worked very hard to actually accumulate down. Yeah. And let's just practice. That's it triggered my memory when you mentioned the, the term practice. We yeah. can, for $50 token, We can actually yeah. literally go. And I, I've said to my my clients, you know, I buy you on my dime that token so oh, we can analyze nice. the property and see, you know, where is it? How is it? What's the rent level? What's mm -hmm. the property management and stuff? And yeah. what's kind of interesting is these properties are literally turnkey properties. So they are the oh, exact lovely. same kind of property that we would buy ultimately for ourselves. And yeah. you can play around with it for 50 bucks, right? And if you keep the token, You get rent, you know, it's yeah. like you get seven cents a month. pennies, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, but the, you the, buy the enough is, I mean, up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I used to say to people, you know, you can go to peer to peer or you can go to fundraise and, and between yeah. $1,000 and $5,000 get in the game. Yeah. But now, I mean, not only is it extremely close to the strategy that we're doing, 50 bucks, yeah. anybody can do it. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Thanks for the tip on that, Alex. I appreciate that. Um, we got to talk about your book before you end the show today. What's your book about? What's it called? Well, it's it's basically about all the stuff that we talked about. And um, it talks about basically how do you get partially in the mindset, but also it talks about how do you actually um, get going into building this, uh, I don't know. I mean, at the time I toyed with the term like real estate empire, but the real point is more to say, you know, how can you build a portfolio? that ultimately allows you um, to live the life that you really want. Yeah, love it. And what's the title? It's called The Shift Moment. Okay. 
And the subtitle is uh, When the Future Begins. I love it. All right. We'll put and, the show notes below here. Just folks. to understand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, yeah. the shift moment, the, the point about it is, and I, I brought, uh, I got this for myself yeah. through the coaching and mentoring is, and I'm sure you have seen this many times, Doug, is yeah. when, when somebody has this aha moment, to say, uh -huh, oh, yeah. now yeah. I understand, now it all yeah. becomes clear, yeah. now I can actually go forward, right? That's where, where that oh, actually comes from. I love it. I can't wait to get it. The shift moment by uh, Dr. Alex Meyerhofer. And don't forget to check out his website below, Ideal Wealth Grower. He's got some great stuff there for you, some free resources and some stuff to engage with him later if that's a, a thing for you. So thanks so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Doc, for having me. You bet. All right. Uh, that concludes today's show for the Author Brand Show. Uh, go ahead and click below, subscribe. There's some goodies for you. Subscribe to our channel, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.